Hello, Dolphins fans, and welcome in to another episode of the New Beginnings Podcast. I am your host, Tyler Moss, and back with you. It's been quite a break. Um, it didn't come with, with really any preview or breakdown of Week 1 against the Patriots. We'll touch on that a little bit, uh, but hoping to get back into um, breaking down the games each week. Uh, I think I should be able to get back on track now and be able to come back to you weekly. Um, but I definitely had to come back this week because what a game that we just witnessed against the Baltimore Ravens. Um, we'll talk about it. This Miami Dolphins team coming in with and, 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 and facing so much adversity through the game. Um, we'll talk about you know what actually happened in the game a little bit. Uh, we'll talk about a little bit of the perception uh, around the league, the different you know the different uh, media correspondents and what they have to say. Um, truly kind of where the Dolphins are um, in, in my mind as far as where they are in the upper echelon of the teams um, in, in regards to what their power ranking is right now and some being, you know, somewhere in the, you know, in the top five, top six, top seven, somewhere in there. Um, so putting themselves in a really good spot. So we look forward to um, kind of breaking everything down and getting into that as well as the game ahead against the Buffalo Bills and what is shaping up to be a extremely, extremely important game here at the beginning of the season. Uh, so we'll dive right into it. And we'll go ahead and start it off uh, with the Patriots last week. A great week one win. Um, it's, it's always great whenever they can start off with that. Uh, a, little, a little nervous after the game because I, you know, I had terrible flashbacks to last year where Miami went into Foxborough, beat New England week one, and then the team went on a seven-game losing streak. So, uh, you know, thinking back to that, um, I just couldn't get it out of my mind. But as far as the game itself went against New England, it was a good start. It was a good showing. Um, I came away from it thinking, you know, I didn't see it. I didn't see that game from Tua Tungavailoa. Uh, kind of a breakout type of scenario game. But what we did see and what was really encouraging uh, was just a lot of efficiency in that game. Um, he, you know, he was he was getting pressured a decent amount and even had back-to-back, uh, or I mean, not back-to-back, excuse me, but, the, you know, had a lot of pressure in that game. He was, he was forced out of the pocket quite a bit. Uh, had to make some rush throws where he's trying to get the ball away um, that were a little questionable a couple of times, but you could see that he was trying to make things happen. Um, and, you know, a couple of times I would think, you know, maybe he's trying to make too much happen on some of those throws, but then he, you know, he was able to draw it back in, um, hone back in, and, you know, stay efficient for this team. Uh, so, that, you know, a lot, of, a lot of big moments, a lot of third downs, a lot of uh, good decisions and good plays. Um, and, you know, you get to see the utilization of, of Tyree Kill. He had 11 catches in that one, I believe, or I believe it was nine catches against the Patriots. So you might have to fact check me on that, but it was, uh, I, I think it was nine catches. But he had a he had a good game, you know, a lot of targets, a lot of catches. Um, uh, Jalen Waddle getting involved. So, I mean, there, there was there was a lot of really good things coming out of week one. One of the biggest ones is that the defense looked, you know, just to form, um, like they haven't even lost a step from last year. Uh, and, and, you know, a lot of the reports were showing that the New England Patriots were struggling uh, offensively this offseason and then into the preseason games. And that definitely showed. Um, it, it was, you know, it's definitely telling that they were able to actually go out and beat the Pittsburgh Steelers this week, too, not to get too far ahead of ourselves. Uh, but for the Patriots to come out week two after we beat them week one and, and to uh, to beat the Steelers with the defense that they have, and I know that the, the Steelers have... Uh, have Mitchell Trubisky under the helm, 
but at the same time, they've still got Najee Harris. They've got a lot of great defensive players. They got you know they got the T.J. Watts. They've got the Minka Fitzpatrick's, um, and so I mean that's certainly a top tier defense. We saw what they were what, what Pittsburgh's defense was able to do week one. Um, so it, it just speaks volumes to the way that Miami was able to play that game. And the tw- I think that the the score at the end, the twenty to seven score, is is far more indicative of the uh, the coaching ability of Bill Belichick. And you know they still have a pretty decent defense over there, and they, they you know that was kind of the thing is that Miami was able to be efficient enough against a good defense and a good head coach, um, and uh, defensively was able to to really make sure that they kept the Patriots down and unable to to really get anything going. Um, so it was you know it was mission accomplished on all accounts there. Um, I, I was happy to at least see Tua have the, had the touchdown, didn't have an interception, uh, 270 yards, so it was great yardage. Um, and uh, but only the one touchdown, so it was a little, little discouraging on some fronts with that. But there was a couple opportunities missed um, where they, they they definitely left some points and some possibilities on the field. So uh, but still walked away from that game feeling pretty good. And the game, you know, it, it felt decently comfortable throughout the game as well. The defense certainly, you know, you felt like they had a, a good lock on things. Uh, but going back to uh, to what I was talking about as far as my feelings on uh, on what the Dolphins would do after this game. Uh, that leads us into this week, this last week, uh, against the Baltimore Ravens, um, a game that I was very, very nervous about uh, going into Baltimore. Uh, week two, coming off of a, a pretty good win against New England, you, you know, when you're at home, uh, that first road game, it's a difficult spot, especially whenever I, I saw the, the Ravens week one, and, you know, Lamar Jackson, looked, he looked great. Uh, he, he looks like he's, you know, on the road for, a, for an MVP type of campaign. Uh, certainly, at, at the very least, Pro Bowl caliber with you know with the numbers he's putting up. Which obviously, um, that's a little bit of hindsight looking uh, looking back to the Miami Dolphins game itself. But I knew coming in that there, it was going to be a tall task uh, to really be able to contain him the way that they did last year. Uh, there was a lot of talk going into the game about uh, comments made from both sides, where the Dolphins were obviously asked a lot about the zero blitz that they used against Lamar last year and the way that they were able to just, you know, dominate them essentially on Thursday night football. Um, but the Dolphins were saying, you know, hey, we we know that they know <laughs> that, that we're going to do that. Um, so we've got to change things up. It's like they've, you know, which is essentially saying they've got that on tape from last year. So if we do the exact same thing, um, they're going to be ready for it, which, you know, makes a lot of sense. Uh, at the same time, I had some issues, and we'll get into it with the way that the defense played this game, obviously. Uh, but but the comments made from the Bills side were that, you know, that they, they knew uh, about the zero blitz, and they were, going to have to, they were going to have to adjust and be ready for it, which they were. Um, so, you know, it made for a pretty uh, scary situation at the beginning of the game. And um, in talking about the game now, I have to start it off with, I had uh, issues like many other people did as far as Sunday ticket was concerned. Um, so uh, about halftime or so, my Sunday ticket decided to not work. Um, I was actually able, I was not able to actually get uh, video back on to watch the game until just about the last drive of the game. So I did get to see that, that final game-winning drive uh, by Tua uh, uh, on the screen. But there was a whole middle area during this comeback that, you know, that I had to essentially miss or had to look through some sort of, you know, kind of play-by-play what happened after the fact sort of thing. Um, So it was definitely frustrating, hoping I'm not going to have that kind of issue this week in the Bills game. Um, But uh, at the same time, though, 
Um, going into halftime, I was not feeling good about the game. Uh, Miami was was completely inept uh, as far as the offense was concerned. Two had already had a, a pick, and um, as far as the two interceptions, the first one, it was kind of you know his hate is able to get his hand underneath the ball, keep it from hitting the ground. A little bit of a fluke one on that off of the you know kind of being tipped around a little bit. Um, second one was a lot worse uh, of an interception, definitely. So a lot, a lot more blame on Tua for the second interception. The first one, I don't, I don't, you know, take with with you know too much seriousness. Um, but at the same time, uh, like I said at halftime, the numbers were not good. The running game was non-existent. Uh, a little bit of passing offense was going on. He had some yards passing already accumulated, um, but really just weren't able to put the points on the board and were falling drastically behind. Yeah, to the tune of, if I remember correctly, I want to say it was uh, 28 to 7 at halftime, uh, if I remember correctly. But, um, but yeah, you know, I was already thinking, you know, I, I just didn't want the game at that point to be uh, the type of game that we've seen Miami play against Baltimore in the past where they get boat raced, where it's uh, 40, 50 points, the Dolphins have like 14, and uh, it ends something like that. that that's, that's what I was worried about because I said, well, at least if they can you know, get a touchdown or two, um, defense kind of tightens up in the second half. Hopefully they can at least get, get within, you know, 10 points to 14 points by the end of this game and show that they at least, uh, held strong. Um, uh, so it, it was, it was definitely a rough, uh, at that point, but coming out in the third, um, from what I was able to keep track of, and I've obviously went back and watched uh, every highlight and, and replay imaginable to the <laughs> to this point. So um, I've seen a lot of those plays uh, in the second half, and, and for uh, the defense to really come out and kind of turn the page. And, and I know Lamar had a huge run in the second half, but other than that, uh, the, the defense really did tighten up a lot more. They made some big stops. They had the big fourth down stop. Um, you know, some some huge stops when it mattered. They tightened up and was it, and were able to get the football back to the offense because what's going to get lost in translation is how many points and the statistics that Lamar put up. Um, but if you split it up between the first half and the second half, there definitely is a, a, a huge uh, tale of two halves uh, as far as this defense is concerned because they um, were truly able to uh, affect this game and, and complete, completely turn it around. And they were kind of the catalyst. I mean, I know that Tua's play and the offense play um, is what was able to to ultimately get them the win with the points. Um, but I, I think it's a little bit undersold on how much the defense affected this game in the second half. Uh, because if they, I mean, uh, the huge run by Lamar that broke off, I mean, it, it was it was devastating. Um, at that point, I, I thought it was all over. I thought that was the nail in the coffin. Uh, but they were able to, on those other drives, get the ball back for the offense uh, in, a, in a really fast way. I mean... If, you're, if your offense is able to uh, score four touchdown passes in the fourth quarter, uh, then, I mean, your defense had to be effective. I mean, there's, there's no other way around it because that's, I mean, that's, uh, that's a lot of time. Uh, and even though two of those were bombs to Tyreek Hill and uh, definitely still getting ahead of myself, but, uh, but at least as far as those plays, I mean, two of those plays can go really quickly because they're bombs uh, for touchdowns. But... Still, I mean, there's still a lot of time involved. You've got to kick it back off to the other team. You're giving the other team the ball uh, to try to waste that time immediately after those those quick touchdowns. So your defense has to come through, and I really think that they were able to do so. Um, 
the the loss of Byron Jones was really telling in this game um, because, and I, I I may be wrong about this, but at least in my head it, may, it made a lot more sense thinking about it that Xavier Howard obviously had a lot of trouble uh, covering Rashad Bateman in this game, um, and Rashad Bateman's a speedy guy. I mean, he's really fast. He's twitchy um, and. At least, kind of in some of his later years here, Xavier Howard has been a lot more uh, consistent in guarding a more physical receiver. Uh, he can still guard some of the fast guys that are physical, like your, you know, like a Jamar Chase or like a Stephon Diggs, um, and obviously struggle with those guys as well, just because they're superstars. But um, he matches up a lot better with those kind of guys than, like, let's say, obviously on the team, a Tyreek Hill or Rashad Bateman or um, any of those guys with a lot of speed like that. And it's, it's just, I mean, I don't know if he's necessarily necessarily lost a step. I think it's just that little twitch um, uh, at the beginning of the play or whenever uh, the play is coming into form where he just kind of loses a little, just a, a little bit um, to those guys. Uh, it's going to be hard to for him to obviously have to cover Stephon Diggs, who looks like one of the best receivers in the league this year. Um, but it's going to be a good matchup, and I think it's I think it's going to be a lot better of a matchup for him than uh, Rashad Bateman, honestly. Uh, but the but the cornerback Kodu certainly deserves a lot of praise and respect to be ranked or graded out as as the top. I believe it was the top, but at the very least, one of the top cornerbacks uh, through the first two weeks of the season is extremely impressive. Uh, he has played amazing football. And uh, they, they've, they've truly found a gem. It's, it's, it's great that although Byron Jones is out, and I'll, I'll say in a minute why I would honestly prefer him to be back, um, but even whenever he is back now, you've got the possibility of this guy stepping up along with Nick Needham to kind of be that 3-4 you know, kind of punch in that cornerback room. Um, and it's shaping up to be really deep. And um, losing Trill Williams at the beginning of the year uh, for the whole year was a huge hit because he was looking like he was going to be that guy who was going to be in the mix with Needham for that kind of 3-4 um, uh, kind of role and maybe even stepping in for Byron Jones because he was a big physical guy um, looking to be a really nice young corner that they found. But it looks like they found another one. And uh, the ability for this coaching staff and this uh, the, the scouting team that the Miami Dolphins have to, to find a lot of these guys they've been able to find has been amazing. Um, so looking looking forward to see... Uh, seeing his development throughout the year, I think he's going to shape up into a nice cornerback. And um, uh, when Byron Jones comes back, that's going to be, you know, he's going to have his playing time where he's got the play. He's going to get more playing time, but it'll give him a little bit more of a chance to take a step back and not be thrusted right in against these number one and number two receiver guys, even though um, to this point he has done nothing but excel. So, um, so deserves all the credit in the world. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens, made those comments about needing to kind of prepare for the zero blitz that the Miami Dolphins were going to bring, and that's exactly what they did. Um, they were able to uh, stifle the Dolphins' defense, especially in the first half, but I mean, really throughout the game, the pass rush was was non-existent. Um, they struggled to get to Lamar, and even whenever they were able to, he was able to use his feet and get away, which is, you know, kind of kind of his thing. Um, but they, they just were not able to get the pressure. Uh, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the big name guys in this front seven were just you know they were they were fighting and they were trying to get there, but they just weren't able to. And I think a lot of the, I think a lot of the problem in this game is they tried to get a little bit too creative 
on these defenses because they'd throw in the zero bit, uh, the zero blitz, but they try to disguise it a lot of the time. And I think the Baltimore Ravens just had an answer for it. even if they were trying to disguise it, they were ready for it, and they knew exactly what they wanted to do. Um, a lot of quick hits, a lot of slants, um, and the, a couple of those slants turned into huge plays uh, just because they don't have the safety help in, in a lot of those coverages. And that, that was really what, uh, what was really killing them in the first half. I was really hoping, and I hope going forward, at least maybe even this next week here against the Buffalo Bills, because they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do defensively. Um, but as far as that game and what I kind of wish they would have done in this game a little bit more is do a little bit more of that zone blitzing. Um, you know, you have your you can have your front four or even three up there, depending on how many linebackers you want to rush. But um, I would I would prefer them to send about five against uh, against Buffalo. Maybe you got a front four with a linebacker. Um, drop those other guys and use use some uh, zone uh, zone concepts to kind of uh, disguise your defense in a way. But make sure that you've got the coverage back there. They're going to need to they're going to need to play a lot more two safety design uh, than just the one safety. Um, as good as Javon Holland is, um, there's just there's too much field to cover for you know for Josh Allen, who's got a huge arm uh, and has a, a good a good set of receivers and pass catchers at his disposal. And honestly, after watching this Bills team on Monday night against the Titans, I can tell you that they are every bit as good as everybody says. And this is going to be one heck of a game. It's going to be an amazingly difficult game. Um, it's, it's a game that going into um, against these Bills that if, if, if this team is to drop a game here at the beginning of the season and it's to the Bills, it's going to be frustrating. We've already lost however many to them in a row. Um, which hasn't been going good. Uh, they really do need to get a win against this team, and being at home is going to be the time to do it. I mean, you're here at the beginning of the year. You've got a lot of confidence. You've got a good record. Uh, you're going to have a sold-out crowd with a lot of hype uh, uh, with, 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 you know, with this Buffalo team coming in, and it's going to be your chance. It's really going to be your chance, but at the same time, if they do drop this one at the beginning of the year, they got to be able to be ready for them later in the year. they got to be able to keep... Uh, keep their presence uh, as one of the top teams in the NFL and bounce back from it. So one way or another, we're going to find out a lot about this game, whether they win or lose. If they win, we're going to know a lot immediately and and make a lot of uh, pretty big assumptions and claims, probably, at least I will. Um, But if they do lose, going into these next weeks, we'll be able to really learn a lot. They're going to have a quick turnaround for a Thursday night game in Cincinnati, and then the schedule opens up a little bit. There's a lot. There's a lot of winnable games as the season goes on, and so you're you're still gonna really be in a good position. So that's. I mean, they they can't lose sight of that in the end about the big picture. But getting back to the Baltimore game, um, we were talking a little bit about the third quarter, and you know how the defense and offense they were they were a little bit more efficient. They weren't being explosive yet. They weren't they weren't really turning this game in the other direction. But they were chipping away little by little. They were trying to make moves and they. Uh, were able to go down, had a nice pass to Mike Gusecki in the back of the end zone for an amazing touchdown. Uh, it's great to see him get involved in, in what's a contract year essentially for him and seeing what you know what the future for Mike's going to be with this team, which is um, definitely the unknown at this moment. Uh, but the Dolphins pulled a little closer, so they got themselves within, I believe it was a couple of touchdowns at that point, um, and that's whenever Lamar decided to bust off his giant run. Um, his 79-yard touchdown run that was right up through the middle of that defense and just just torched him. And it hurts to see it. You know, they go they go down by a few scores. And uh, 
it was it, it was tough going into that fourth quarter. Um, I want to say it was thirty-five to fourteen, and that was the score. I'm pretty sure. So thirty-five to fourteen, um, Miami starts off. They get the ball. It was about oh about twelve minutes or so left in the fourth quarter when they got their first one, um, and they were able to uh, get Craycraft. Uh, so River Craycraft able to get a catch, his first touchdown in the NFL, I believe, which is which is awesome. It was nice to see him. He's a good young receiver. Um, ran a good route on that. Uh, so so they you know they get a little closer. They edge a little closer. Um, there was I can't remember all what exact order the defensive stops or what the defensive plays were because I wasn't able to actually watch it on the TV and and I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But uh, the Miami Dolphins were able to get a fourth down stop on one of them. Uh, they were able to force a punt on another one, I think. So, but either way, the defense was was able to get the offense the ball back one way or another each time. Um, they go down the, or they start their next offensive drive. And they get a 40-yard touchdown, I believe it was, to Tyreek Hill, who had uh, previously gone out of the game with some cramping, got some fluids, came back in, and immediately has a 40-yard touchdown pass. Um, it was a nice little drop over the top by Tua because there was a couple defenders there. I know it looks like it was a little a little underthrown or it could have had a little bit more oomph on it, but he was able to drop it in right over the back of him. So, I mean, you get what you get, and it was great. It was it was a perfectly placed ball. Um and a great touchdown. So they started to get a little bit more uh, momentum, but they still had a long ways to go. Uh, so, I mean, it was, it was still looking like it was going to be hard. You kind of dug yourself this hole, and there's just it doesn't seem like you're going to be able to quite get yourself up out of it, regardless of how hard you try. Well, they came out the next offensive possession, and they were able to get a broken coverage and a wide-open Tyreek Hill for a 60-yard bomb touchdown in... That's whenever you tie the game. I mean, it's huge. You're able to tie the game right there. Um, and that's it. It's anybody's game at that point. It's who wants it more coming down to the end. And, uh, I mean, it, it was incredible. The The Baltimore Ravens get the ball back. Um, they were able to go down the field a little bit. I was kind of getting a little worried because um, the defense was giving up, giving up a little bit to them. Um, but they go down there, and the defense holds strong. They're able to force them to kick a field goal with just a little under two minutes left or so, or right around two minutes. Um, so there's a lot of time left on the clock. There's definitely a lot of time left on the clock. You, you've seen the offense kind of be hot already, but you're thinking they've already bombed Tyreek Hill twice. There's no way that they're going to let them do it again. Um, and they didn't, to their credit, but they definitely still gave up some uh, uh, some yardage to him. Um but for the offense to come out for that last drive, you're at, you're, I mean, this is it. This is it. You're, you're at two minutes. Um, you're down by three points. You got to go. You got to go the length of the field. You got to have that game-winning drive, that game-winning moment. And he has a nice pass to Tyreek Hill. They have an amazing run by Chase Edmonds, either which the the running game was a little slow on the day, but it was efficient at times whenever they used it. Um, the game script just didn't really call for it. I, I wish that it was a closer game because I think that these backs might have actually had a pretty good game against the Ravens. Um, but when you get down by that many points, you just can't afford to to run the ball uh, too much because you're really going to limit your opportunities uh, f- for an actual comeback. But to go down to go down the length of the field like they did, to have that touchdown pass to uh, to, uh, to Jalen Waddle in the end zone uh, for for what was the go ahead score. I mean. You can't say enough about the performance that we saw from Tua Tungavailoa, and that's 
kind of getting out of the game mode now and talking about that, that's, that's going to be the next part because, I mean, I've got it on the front of my podcast. You know, it's the, it's the tank for Tua sign. I've been a Tua supporter forever um, since he was back in Alabama. I've, I've said good things on here. I've said bad things on here about him. And I've always hoped that he would end up being the guy. And this doesn't mean, in my mind still, that he is. But it's a huge step because, I mean, everything that's been said, um, I mean, there's an infinite amount of negative things that you can pick and choose at that's been said about what he can and can't be, what he can and can't do. Uh, but at least from this game, what you can say is that he has the prowess of a quarterback um, that, that does not get shaken, does not get uh, rattled, and is able to go down. There's not many quarterbacks that can do that, that can go down the field on a two-minute drive and in not only, you know, not even the fact that you've scored three touchdowns to catch yourself up in the game, to put yourself in that position, but to be able to go down after all of that, all of that uh, emotion that's already been running through you as you've made your comeback in this game, to go down the field within the last two minutes and not just tie the game to go to overtime. They go down the field and they score a touchdown to take the lead on the road in Baltimore against a very good team with Lamar Jackson having himself an MVP type of day. Um, and you're able to outshine him. You're able to outperform him. You're able to outthrow him. And um, the analysts will be the next portion, uh, but we'll get into that. But, I mean, you, you, can, you can't say enough about it. And I hate to be the guy that puts it off for another week, but what the way that I described it uh, with a couple of conversations online is I said that he's proven, he's proven a lot of the analysts and a lot of the people wrong who doubted what he can do. And that's as far as physically... Um, as far as arm strength, as far as uh, the, everything, everything that the city couldn't do, like, you know, physically on the field, you know, what can he do? What is his ceiling? Um, he just showed you it. And if that's his ceiling, then you're, you've got yourself a franchise quarterback. So that portion of it, at least for me, was answered because I, we hadn't seen it. We hadn't seen the explosive game, the multi-touchdown, the deep ball, um, the huge offensive output. And, uh, the, you know, the massive numbers. And this doesn't mean that he's going to be able to put these up, these numbers up, maybe even ever again. Um, but he's at least shown that what he can do. And so that's what you have to take. I mean, that's what you have to take. And that's what a lot of people have waited for. So it's answered, it answered a lot of questions for me um, and a lot of good questions. But the other part of it, and I hate to have to put it off for another week and, and play the wait and see game like I'm unsure. Um, but it's this next week against Buffalo. Because you've shown what you can do, but what you haven't shown you can do is beat these Buffalo Bills. These Miami Dolphins, in general, have not shown that they can beat these Buffalo Bills. And until you can really plant your flag, at least as somebody who's going to be able to challenge them, um, then you're going to struggle. Because even if you get to the end, you're going to struggle against the Buffalo Bills twice a year. If they've continuously got your number, it's going to make it that much harder in the division. It's going to make it that much easier uh, for you to go into the playoffs with a, a worse seating or maybe even miss it outright and uh, even ha you know have to play a better team in the playoffs right off the bat or even have to go up against the Buffalo Bills again um, in which case that was uh, that, that would be bad I mean if, if you haven't found yourself able to match up with them uh, that's the next uh, the next big task in front of these dolphins is, is going to be this Buffalo Bills team and if you can if you can come out at home and get you know get the job done and find a way to win this game, uh, then that's that's answering the question. I, I think that, at least in my mind, I'm going to go into the rest of the year thinking that 
uh, we've got a chance. We, you know, we've we've actually maybe unlocked the potential of, of the starting quarterback that Tua Tonga Bailoa can be. Um, but that's just it. You've you've got to be able to show them and prove the people wrong as far as being able to get to the playoffs, to win a playoff game, to compete hard in your division. So those are the questions that I need answered throughout the year from him. Uh, but you, you know, he deserves all the credit in the world, and he deserves a lot more praise than than what we've been hearing online. And so we'll get into that now, because you know I've got a ton of fans, uh, friends that are fans of the Kansas City Chiefs. I go over and watch that game on Thursday night against the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, and 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 what a game it was! A great game. You know, Justin Herbert hurts his ribs, uh, was able to still you know, battle hard there at the end and what was an exciting game and the Chiefs were able to pull it out. And what do I hear in the media this week? It's more praise and hype about Justin Herbert, Herbert, who not only has never had a winning record, let that sink in for a second, has never had a winning record and Tua Tungavailoa has never had a losing record as a starting QB. So let's start with that right off the bat. Right off the bat. I mean, that's a huge, huge thing. Whether you want to take it with a grain of salt or not, I don't care. I see it as a huge thing. This guy's done nothing but be a winner in this league. And Justin Herbert has struggled. Struggled to find the wins. He's put up the big numbers. He's looked like athletically and physically an amazing quarterback. But if you're not able to get your team wins and actually get to the playoffs, that that's, you know, you're, you're doomed. Because that's what you have to do. You have to find ways to win. And I have no doubt that he will do that. He's going to be a phenomenal quarterback. And, I mean, he already is. So I'm not taking anything away from him. But to hear the media praise him throughout the week for almost beating Patrick Mahomes when you have Tua Tungvaluwa, who has been who has been just completely annihilated by the media for years. I mean, going back to this offseason alone with the, with the, the clips coming out of camp, and every clip is this big story about how he can't throw the ball deep. And... Tyreek's going to wish that he could go back to Kansas City. All of the jokes, all of the memes, all of the criticism. And he comes out against Lamar Jackson, who looks like an MVP this year. Regardless of what anybody else is going to tell you, he looks like an MVP this year. He looks amazing and is able to come back on him, to reverse the script and come back from one of the greatest deficits in NFL history. And you see it right before your eyes. And what does the media say? Oh, he's throwing to open receivers all day. Throwing to open receivers all day. That's what you hear. Throwing to open receivers all day. And that's why. It's got to be some sort of excuse. You're not going to hear he's throwing to open wide receivers all day in a negative connotation when they're talking about Patrick Mahomes, when they're talking about Justin Herbert, when they're talking about Lamar Jackson. Three top-tier quarterbacks who have top-tier weapons and have had top-tier weapons throughout their career at certain points, depending on what players you want you want to pick and choose from that, um, that have been able to get open. I mean, how many times do you see Herbert throw to Austin Eckler over the middle, who's an amazing pass catcher out of the backfield, who's completely wide open, nobody around him, he's able to just break it off. Uh, how many times did you see Patrick Mahomes alone? throw to Tyreek Hill all the time who was wide open. Uh, the fact is, is you can't say the team went out and spent all this money and resources and brought in these amazing playmakers and then continuously say, well, the person getting the ball is trash, even though everybody is having a massive game. That's not, that's not the way it works. The point is that you bring in those pieces 
to, yes, make your quarterback look better, but the idea is that you have a quarterback who is a top-level quarterback who is able to get the most out of those players as well. I mean, that's the whole idea of it. That's the entire basis of what you do in football. You build your teams around your quarterback, but you still play to the strengths of them, but try to get the most out of them, but you have the hope that you have a top-five quarterback in this league. That's what every team wants. Every team wants a top-five quarterback in this league. So you have to get the most out of them and see what you... Uh, think this quarterback can be. And then Tua Tungavailoa was picked number five overall in the NFL draft. So the expectations have always been high. He has continuously not met those expectations. But whenever he finally does, coming into his you know third year or so, and uh, depending on how you want to think about the injuries and all the other stuff that's led, to, led us to this point, uh, but just throughout their careers, you compare him to Justin Herbert, you compare him to these other guys around the league, and his winning percentage, uh, what his what his accuracy has been, the numbers just haven't been big. The passing yards and the touchdowns haven't been big. They haven't. Um, and that's just kind of what's held him back from, from being in those conversations. So whenever he finally does get there and he's actually able to come out at the beginning, you know, these first two games, have an amazing comeback, be efficient, put up the big yards, the big touchdowns, the big numbers, and for it to just be said that it's just because his players are wide open. I mean, you're completely taking away the idea that he had any adversity in that game, whether it be with people up in his face from the defense in more of a physical sense or in the mental sense to where you're down three touchdowns in the fourth quarter and you've got to mount a comeback against Lamar Jackson, who's having an amazing game. And throughout that entire comeback, you are able to stay poised, efficient, and find your players. There's just there's no other excuse for it. Uh, the Colin Cowards, the Stephen A. Smiths, the, the big media names, they just... They'll find any excuse to write off one game as a fluke. Whenever you see the six six touchdown passes by these other guys, and granted, the the Patrick Mahomes and the Justin Herberts, uh, not not necessarily Justin Herbert, but definitely the Patrick Mahomes, you know, proving themselves to be the top-level quarterbacks in the league. So if they have a six-touchdown day, they're getting, you know, praised for it. Uh, But it's something that, in their mind, they know that that player can do. And we haven't seen Tua do this yet. So I can understand some hesitation. I have it as well, and I've explained that already about what I still need to see. But the, you know, the inability for them to not at least, you know, uh, rightfully praise what, what they saw in front of them, a, a historic feat in that, and not be able to recognize it and at least give the proper respect whenever it's due, it's, it's just, it's very telling that a lot of people have already planted their flag in the two and east to fail category and they're going to do anything to protect that because it's uh well it's one game you know we're going to see what he does the rest of the year and that's my idea as well but that doesn't mean that we can overlook what he did and what the possibilities are at least that he can do now that he's shown the possibility uh, to be able to do them but really that ultimately leads us to the next step which is the buffalo bills and we've talked a little bit off and on about it in different uh, uh you know different spots but about how how difficult of a task it's really going to be, and it's it's really going to be hard because they look they look like they're playing at the caliber of the top team in football, and they're going to be a hard team to stop. I mean, they really are. They've got they've got so many different weapons on offense that they're utilizing, and, and Josh Allen is playing at an amazing level, um, and their defense looks solid. Their defense has been shutting people down. They were able to, I mean, utterly just stifle 
uh, the Tennessee Titans. They weren't able to get any yards on them either on the ground through the air. Uh, they came out of the game with, what, seven points, I think, is all Tennessee was able to score. Two Buffaloes, 40-something, 41 or whatever it was. Um, so, I mean, they're a very impressive team. Um, the Dolphins are going to have to establish some sort of run in this game. And that's just going to that's gonna be have to be how it is. They're... they're not going to be able to come out of this game with a win, in my opinion, if they're not able to at least establish a little bit of a run. You don't have to have over a 100-yard rusher for the game, necessarily. But if you can get, you know, between between both running backs, Raheem Mostert and uh, Chase Edmonds, you're able to get maybe, uh, you know, 120 yards, 130, 40 yards collectively. Uh, maybe a touchdown on the run game. That, that's that's kind of what you're hoping for. Um uh, because it's definitely going to open up a lot more, and you're not going to be able to just solely depend on the passing game uh, in the same way that you had to against the Baltimore Ravens. Because if you get down by three scores against Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills, you're not going to win the game. Um, I, I, you know, there's just no way. So they're going to have to keep pace with them, but they're going to have to control the pace, and that's just it. It's because their offense and digs and all of them, they're playing so good and, and so well uh, that the efficiency for two is really going to have to come through. So... Uh, definitely not expecting some sort of big crazy numbers game from him, um, but if he's able to get a couple few touchdowns out of it, be efficient. That's that's kind of what you're wanting to see. Um, definitely can't have the turnovers. Um, be a little bit more, you know, uh, the drives need to be a little bit more sustainable compared to kind of the first half in the Ravens game where they just couldn't really they couldn't really get a full drive going. They were able to get some yards out of it. Um, and then either had an interception or ended up having to punt, uh, you know, near midfield. So just uh, a lot of hard things at the beginning of that game and stuff that, you know, if you like I said, against the Buffalo Bills, that stuff's not going to, you're not going to be able to come back from it. You're not going to be able to win the game. Uh, the defense definitely needs to have a big rebound. And as well as they played in kind of locking things up in the second half against, uh, against the Ravens, um, they're gonna. They don't need to have to. You know, they don't have to necessarily be a dominant zero blitz and 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 be up in your face every time, kind of deal for them to win. Um, but as I was saying before, a lot more zone blitz schemes. If they are going to blitz, uh, would be nice. Uh, the man coverage, at least if you're sending blitzes on man coverage, it's just not not quite good enough um, against these top tier caliber teams. Uh, they've just got too much speed and too many good playmakers to, to be able to get by that one person, and that's all you really need. Because if your blitz can't get there and they're able to hold you back long enough, they're going to have somebody open. And that's kind of what they struggled with against the Ravens. Is they, they had a really nice blocking scheme. They were really able to protect Lamar Jackson. Um, and that's the secret. You know, If you're able to keep this Dolphins defense back, uh, there's only so long that those cornerbacks can, can really cover. We have a lot more, um, you know, more physical receivers and then some speed ones as well. Uh, but they definitely match up more as, as a unit against those more you know physical type of teams. Um, but they do have a lot of speed on the back end for sure. So I, I do I see our defense matching up against Buffalo better than they matched up against uh, Baltimore just for the sheer fact of speed on that team and in the Lamar Jackson. Um, Josh Allen is is the type of quarterback that we can be better against because you know with our front seven. Uh, there's a lot of big physical guys and there's a lot of speed as well with that to be able to contain. Um, it's just harder to contain somebody who's as fast as Lamar Jackson. Uh, and, and Josh Allen is a, is a great runner of his own right. Um, he's a lot more physical of a runner though, even though he's definitely fast. Um, 
And so, you know, the, the defense, if they're able to get physical and, and contain him, but not let him, you know, power through uh, one of the, the one of the linemen or the linebackers like we've seen him do in the past and, and get him down on that first go, um, that's going to be the secret. You've got to be able to have good coverage. Um, I, that's why I'm, I, I foresee them with a little bit more of zone coverages. I may be wrong, uh, but I think it's going to help them if they're able to get, you know, need them in there a lot more on those zone coverages. They're able to make sure that they've got the help over the backside with Holland and whether you're going to put Eric Rowe back there for more of those zone coverages or if you're going to put Brandon Jones back there. Um, we'll just have to see. But um, that's, that's, that's what's going to have to do it. You're going to have to keep the Bills under, I'm going to say under, you got to keep them under 30 for sure. Um, if you can give up, the, you know, three touchdowns and still pull out the win, that's great. You may have to do more, but it's just hard because it's, it's hard to figure out a recipe in a way that you're going to hold the Buffalo Bills under, you know, three touchdowns right now because they've been so explosive. So um, we're going to have to see it play out. It's going to be a super exciting game. It's going to be a high-powered game, um, a game with a lot on the line, uh, not only in just your division standings, uh, but with the AFC, you know, AFC overall standings. As, as you know, this is the type of game that whichever team comes out of this is going to be um, looking at a really uh, strong season possibility. You're looking at seeding. Uh, you're looking at different things, other than, you know, other than the possibility of an utter collapse. But um, both teams would have really nice wins under their belt. Uh, coming out of this game, so whoever does win it, um, they're going to be they're going to be talked about in high regard. So this is this is your chance. This is your chance to uh, turn that 0-6 record against Josh Allen and the Bills around. Um, it's the chance to to truly get the respect that you've been trying to get uh, for Tua and for the team, and that because that's it. That's what everybody wants to see. Everybody wants to see you beat Buffalo, and uh, I don't know if this is necessarily going to be the week to do it, but. Like I've said many times already, you're at home, and that's that's going to be a huge advantage, I hope, for the Dolphins. Um, that's all I really got for you this week. I'm going to try to come back to you. I'm probably going to do a podcast live uh, from Cincinnati for the Thursday night football game because I'm going to be there. Um, so uh, I'll try to come back and talk about the Bills game then. It'll probably be, uh, oh, I'd say Wednesday, um, whenever I'm able to do that, Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, so I'll try to get on then and, and look forward to that uh, to that game being there in person. And hopefully we get a big win this week to lead into that because it would sure change a lot of things. So, um, But again, my name is Tyler Moss. This is the New Beginnings Podcast. Look me up on Facebook and feel free to reach out. Until then, I will come to you next time. Good luck this weekend to everybody and go Dolphins.